This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is Hide and Seek. And these are the Sextras. Bonus sexy content. You're gravy. Exclusive to podcast. This is Hide and Seek on Joy 94.9. Tim and Michael with you this evening, and we are into the sextras, and it's my new favourite segment, Michael. It's, it's my favourite new segment as well. Yay. Um, show and tell. It's yes. like it's like school-based show and tell, but like naughty. Filthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which I think is a really fun way to kind of do sextras. Obviously, we can carry over our main episode content when, you know, we've got guests that have plenty to talk about yes. or, or whatever. Um, but it's also a great um, great moment to just find something that was our kind of highlight of the of the week, of the day, of the whatever, yes. and g- give it a bit of a highlight. Um, and last week, you we we had our sextras last week, which was our first show and tell. So head to joy.org.au forward slash hide and seek if you have missed that episode uh, where we had um, Findom M join us and we talked about... Um, the Kiwi porn. Um, I know it was so much PSA, fun. Which was, which really was great fun. It. Those Kiwis. Um, <laughs> which kind of links into kind of what the main stage episode was this week, which was obviously um, talking about um, sex work and porn. Um, but this week, yeah, so last week you tasked me with picking what we wanted to talk about this week. And then um, I kind of forgot until yesterday. And then, because <laughs> I was very busy. Um, and then we obviously had the news that... Um, Director, producer, writer um, Joel Schumacher passed away. How sad! Yeah, at um, I mean, a good innings at, at eighty, but um, yeah, obviously passed away from from cancer um, just recently. Um, who was a, a a stalwart homosexual man? I did not know that. Did you not know that Joel Schumacher no. was? A, I'm pretty sure we've talked about we talked about it on the show last year because he um, uh, mid last year there was that. Um, interview with him where he was talking about the the amount of men that he'd slept with and he said he slept with anywhere between 10,000 and 20,000 men wow which the interviewer was like that's you know that's that's a real achievement he's like well (laughs) like I'm an 80 year old homosexual man like I've had a bit of time (laughs) um and yes especially when you're in Hollywood surrounded by like young gorgeous men men. probably and Um, you cast them in your movies but it was so funny I wonder if he said you know, come in, he come did, in my bed. And he did you can um, come in he, my film. He did <laughs> come in my bed and come in my film. <laughs> he did um, kind of nurture a few careers, kind of in that like um, that like Brat Pack era with um, like San Elmo's Fire and all the like all the young guys in that. And then I think he was instrumental in starting like Kiefer Sutherland with like Lost Boys and oh. um, Colin Farrell and um, and a few kind of Hollywood it folk. Um, wow. Yeah, which I think is a bit interesting. However, in the context of the, the kind of the world that we live in, um, the, the cynic in me was like, oh, Joel Schumacher passed away. I'm like, quickly Googles, is Joel Schumacher problematic? I was like, well, you've slept with 20,000 men in Hollywood. Like, there's probably a few stories here and there. Like, no one's, no one's perfect. But I qu- <laughs> did a quick Google just to make sure that he wasn't something with an incredibly problematic past and we were going to highlight him this week and kind of sing his praises. Um, So as far as I'm aware, um, Joel Schumacher has a kind of a a, a clean slate in the... um, Oh, good. ...in the the sphere of uh, the zeitgeist of... Everything that happens in Hollywood. So, um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to highlight that you know he's an incredibly influential filmmaker in in Hollywood, um, and obviously gave us the um, 
the the last two films of the of the nineties era um, Batman films with with George Clooney, indeed, um, and gave us the bat suit with nipples. Do you remember the bat oh, suit with nipples? That's that's the homosexual coming out, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a there was a great post um, because obviously even the um, the Tim Burton films are so hyper stylized and then his films are obviously so hyper stylized it was just um a series of stills from the film saying this is what happens when you give a homosexual man in hollywood a hundred thousand dollars a hundred million dollars to play with for a film <laughs> and it was just uma thurman as poison ivy in that green thing with the like oh, horn hair hot, hot. drew barrymore in that like negligee kind of thing um yeah just <laughs> amazing amazing um yeah, Chris O'Donnell in those films. Like, George Clooney is an absolute, like, sex god. Like, he's I just agree. intensely attractive. But I'm pretty sure Chris O'Donnell as Robin made me a homosexual man. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that suit. <sighs> Boy, howdy. Mm. Um, and he's, like George, he's still still a good-looking man. Um, just super, super gay. Super gay. I remember watching those films and being like, because the first ones with Tim Burton are really kind of dark. They have that kind of Edward Scissorhands-y kind of... It's always, like, wintry and cold and, you know, Penguin and um, uh, Catwoman and stuff. It's very, very, very dark and grey and cold and has his kind of aesthetic. Yes. Whereas these ones, are, the Joel Schumacher ones, are really, like, comic-y. A bit more fun. They're, they're yeah. very fun. They're very camp. When um, Poison Ivy comes out, you know, when she comes out as the gorilla... And then she like slowly takes the suit off and then she's poison ivy <laughs> underneath. And she like blows the dust over everyone to like hypnotize them and stuff. It's so su- cute. Super queer energy. Absolutely super <laughs> queer energy. Um, there was a great quote that I saw in the, so that article from uh, last year about um, Schumacher sleeping with all of those men. He said, I've had sex with famous people. I've had sex with married people and they go to the grave. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've never kissed and told about anybody who gives me the favor of sharing a bed with me. And I think that's oh, really lovely. That's lovely. As someone with so much influential queer power in Hollywood to be like, mm. cool, you can come and share a bed with me. And it's, you know, it's not going to go any further than you and me having a good time because obviously being queer in Hollywood, especially at this kind of yes. point in time, um, was very contentious. It was very difficult for queer people to come out. So um, yep. the fact that he kind of nurtured them and just let them have their experience or whatever and not shout it from the rooftops is, is pretty grand in my opinion. Yeah, and, and there comes privacy. Yeah, totally. Um, and there was there's a great interview with, um, just to bring some – lesbian energy into into the piece. There was a great interview with um, Portia de Rossi after she um, came out and she was talking about, like, how she grew up in Hollywood and then obviously because she came out much later in life. It wasn't until she kind of was partners with Ellen that she really came out. And she was talking about how um, it's it's so hard to come out in Hollywood and then for her to come out and for Ellen to come out kind of... You know, Ellen obviously paved the way. Um, yes. But, you know, having... Having someone queer that kind of represents you in Hollywood is is an immensely powerful thing. So to have to see yourself to be like, if you, if you're like a mini Portia de Rossi, you're this um, little little lesbian girl watching Portia de Rossi in film or watching her on Ellen or watching her on whatever, and going, oh, that's that's me. That's that's the job I want, and I look like that, and I can be that, and it's fine. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because I know that <laughs> Ellen came out in her show, but did she come out before that? She came out on the show and then she came out in yeah, right. real life. Um, which was the reason that we lost Laura Dern from the film landscape for however many bloody years. Because both Ellen and um, Laura Dern, obviously Laura Dern was her, was she her, the love interest or the one that she comes out to on the show? Yeah, the one she comes out to. They both got to. death threats. 
Oh, really? They both went on, I think, Oprah, and they had to evacuate, like, the set of Oprah because they people called in, like, bomb scares because wow. there were these, you know, queer women on the show. And Laura Dern isn't even queer herself. She's just correct played a queer character. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she, yeah, she came out on the show first as kind of her thing. And then I think it was the next week was the article in, it was Time, wasn't it? Time Or People, Time. Yeah. Um, saying, yep, I'm gay kind of thing. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, Trailblazers. Obviously, again, Ellen incredibly kind of like problematic in the, the era of 2020 with all the stuff about how she runs her company and the way that she treats people and hiring non-union workers and being um, – apparently verbally abusive to some of her crew. Really? I did yeah. not know this. Yeah, there's been a lot of um, lot of that going on. Um, uh, when, like, the Ellen show kind of shut down recently because of COVID-19, obviously mm. the, the studio shut down, but the show has kept on in kind of like an at-home-with-Ellen kind yeah, of Yeah, so I've seen that. I've so seen the online ones. All the, apparently, all the crew got kind of the boot and was like, we don't need you anymore because COVID-19 kind of thing. And then to do her at-home stuff, she hired apparently all non-union workers and, um, yeah, it was all very seemly apparently. Oh, right. I did not know that. Yes. So, um, yeah, our queer is not, not excused from problematic behaviour in Hollywood as, as well we know with, you know, what's happened with like Kevin Spacey and... Indeed. Yeah. Um, very interesting. The other, the other news that I wanted to kind of bring to the table, I guess I wanted to celebrate Joel Schumacher and his incredibly fierce queer energy, especially in the Batman series, um, was that there's a new UK footballer has just come out as gay, which is the first UK footballer to come out in... He's very attractive. Um, yeah. In 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he so, is very hot, isn't um, he? Yeah, so Thomas Beattie, uh, UK footballer. I'm not sure which team he was playing for. So he had to retire early, I think, because he um, sustained um, injuries that forced him to kind of retire early, but um, came out to his family, I think, earlier in the year or last year, some time ago, um, and has now publicly come out as a as a gay man. So, we've, yeah, um, and that's an incredibly difficult um, arena, literally, to navigate in terms of sport and the level of homophobia and racism and just bro culture and boys club locker roomness that kind of happens. Well, in Ian Roberts called that out in Australian yes. Rugby League. Yep. He had mm-hmm. similar problems. Yep. Well, there yeah. was in a different kind of sport, but there was the, um, the news recently that after um, everything that's been happening with Black Lives Matter, which obviously we've talked about on the show, um, uh, NASCAR came out and said um, that things, certain things are going to be banned at NASCAR rallies, which is incredibly like, redneck activity to go and do is to go and watch NASCAR, to go and watch car Oh, racing. with the women out with their tits and, and stuff like that. lots of people would have, like, the Confederate flag and there would be lots of, like, rednecky kind of homophobia. And so they came out and said, um, uh, you know, we're supporting the LGBTQ, LGBTQA plus community. We're uh, banning the Confederate flag because it stands for um, racism and slavery and it has roots yeah. in there, so we're banning that. So a That's huge, good. huge step by NASCAR. That's um, awesome. But one of the... Um, black man who's a rally car driver or part of the crew, I think he was a rally car driver, mm. um, turned up to like the, the locker room or the change room and there was a noose hanging in in the, wow. in the like pit stop area kind of thing. Wow. Um, you can see my lack of NASCAR knowledge. I don't even know what the, what the area is called. Um, the but yeah, just room. this is the kind of systemic problems that happen in particularly male-dominated fields, be that, you know, be that racing and sport or, you know, Hollywood as well. Yeah, they're very macho, aren't they? Mm, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I just I wanted to just celebrate particularly Joel, Joel Schumacher this week and just the 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 immense queer energy that that 
came from his film. Uh, yeah, like Chris O'Donnell just to this day is just when I think about growing up young and queer and, you know, when you would like you're, you're young and queer and you're not telling anyone and you're in, either incredibly closeted or you're just being super private about it, you kind of find those little things, whether it's like walking down the underwear section at Target or you like you see like a hot guy on TV. Dean Kane in oh Lois God. and Clark. Dean Kane in Lois and Clark. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's that was a moment. That was an absolute moment. Um, and then seeing him play a gay character on Broken Hearts Club. Have oh, you seen that's that right. Movie? Yeah. I, no, I haven't seen that, but I knew oh, that he was in that. It's such a beautiful movie. Oh wow! Yeah. Maybe we can add that to our to our list. Something that we also want to do here on Hide and Seek is kind of um, uh, delve a little bit into. We we love talking about queer sex, queer sex in cinema. So I think there's some. There's so much. Th- there's isn't there? there's some great like obvious things to talk about like. The you know lube gate in uh, Brokeback Mountain. You know yeah. when they just when they first have sex, they have sex for the first time. It's very like they just roll over and just in they go, and all the yes. gay men in the audience are like, "Oh hell no, <laughs> 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 would not have happened." Um, not to so, go too dark, but I just mm. watched Boy Erased. I saw that you had just it was watched that. So intense. I still haven't brought myself to watch it. Mm. I know it's an important film, and I'm I'm going to watch it. Um, but there's been so much darkness going on in life at the moment that I'm just like, I need to absolutely be in the right headspace you to do. watch that. Yeah, it made me very sad. Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need to do like a double feature, watch that and watch like, I've been watching some pure horse crap at the moment and oh, I'm enjoying it reality so TV. Much. No, not necessarily reality TV, just um, like terrible action films, terrible horror films. Can I tell you, you need to watch White Lines on Netflix. It is amazing. There is a guy, he is so hot, he's Spanish, (laughs) and he has sex with the female lead Mm -hmm. after they've just buried bodies in the kind of out in the field. As you, yeah. Because he murdered them to protect her. So... Is she, this a telenovela? No. Or it just happens no, to be Spanish? No, it's a series. It's a series. <laughs> it's set in Ibiza. It's amazing. Okay. So basically he murders these people, they're drug dealers, mm-hmm. and they're importing cocaine into Ibiza. Oh, wait. I, I saw, I think someone in one of the like 800 people that live in our house at the moment was yeah. watching it and I caught like an episode. It looked okay. It's it looked really okay. good. Yep. So he throws at them into stage, the water. At one stage drugs in like a canoe or like a boat yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay, yep. I've seen this. So she goes to retrieve the drugs and discovers the dead bodies that he'd thrown in the water mm. and then calls for his help. And then they're out in the field uh, she's out in the field by herself. She said, I don't really want to talk to you. I haven't spoken to you in days because I'm unsure of where we're at because there's a bit of a love oh. affair going on. <gasps> a scandal. And he, and he comes to help her out and they bury the bodies oh. in the ground and then they have sex on top of them. Oh, Michael. morbid. There's, a, there's, yeah. a, there's a, a really interesting kind of intersection between death and sex in mm. film, which is, I think is really interesting to – I don't know whether here is the right kind of place to talk about it, but I think, it's, <laughs> but I think it is really interesting, like – you know, especially a couple of years ago when there was lots of like, um, lots of like zombie film and TV happening, lots of like vampiric kind of stuff in the like yes. True Blood era, era, and even further back into kind of like Buffy and stuff. Um, that yeah, there's an interesting intersection between death and and sex, and yeah. obviously like Eric. having oh my god, <laughs> Eric, so hot, um, Alexander Sarsgaard, <laughs> um, <laughs> but even just like having like solace sex, like. Um, like sex after a funeral or that kind of thing. Like there's, yeah. there's this kind of 
cleansing ritual that happens like post funeral where lots of people go and have sex. Cause it's like a, it's, yeah. a, it's an invigoration of life kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. But yeah, completely gone off the rails. Sorry, we've derailed it. But that's what this is all <laughs> so about, isn't it? Just to go back to derail again <laughs> on this white lines thing. So he threw them in the ocean to start with and then they buried them? No. So what happened was, um, long story short, the the friend of this girl, uh-huh. he decides to dabble in a bit of drugs on the side of yeah, his yeah, DJing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she needs to find out who killed her brother. That's why she went back to Ibiza. So she steals his drugs. Right. That's not the question I asked. <laughs> no, don't. I'm getting to it. She steals You're painting his us a picture. Drugs. Okay. She steals his drugs, right? And then um, she has them in a car with this really hot Spanish guy, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Officer, his name is. And the police catch them. Mm-hmm. And so they have to throw the drugs out the window. Sure. The drugs are gone, but there are Romanians, of course, and they're the ones that gave them the drugs Mm -hmm. and they're trying to kill him. So Boxer, the hot Spanish man, goes onto their boat, Mm -hmm. which is outside in the waters, and kills them both Mm -hmm. with like an anchor and... Um, you've got to improvise when you're, when, you're <laughs> when you're out on the in the middle of the ocean. You've got to improvise. Yeah, he kills them on the boat and then he throws them into the water. Oh. And then they sink to the bottom, but then she discovers them a few oh. weeks later. Okay. Yeah. See, I watched a I watched a mob film the other day and I learned that you need to stab people in the lungs when you Oh. Because otherwise they float. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> Can I just put this some is, bricks in there? No, because their lungs, like the gases fill up. Oh. This is, this is like for my life of crime later. <laughs> I know, we've been watching telenovelas and my partner goes, Tim, we need a gun. <laughs> because everything can be sold with, solved with a gun and money. Maybe you could get a prop gun that you just use for dramatic flair. Yeah. yeah. Not that we suggest when listeners ca- to when, get a gun. Please don't ca- think that. When the cats pee in the hallway, you've got like a prop gun to like oh gosh. hold the cats hostage. Be he like, would love it. Don't actually. you dare. Maybe I should get him one, then he can release some of his anger. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe take him to, he can fire an actual gun. Maybe you can go to like a shooting range, do it in a nice safe environment. Yes. You can fire off a few rounds, so to speak, um, and then come home and fire off a few rounds together. I know, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, but back to George Clooney's nipples. Yes. Um, Chris O'Donnell for me was one of those people that was like, I was just like, as a, like a tiny little baby gay, just like frothing, just like, you know when you just see that one thing and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, like, that's it. Like, I know I'm going to be gay later in life. Or you're like, I want that. Yes. Like, even if it's, like, pre-sexual, you're, you're just like, that, I, I want to be or I want to do whatever that is kind of thing. Who was that for you when you were younger? Dita Brummer on Home and Away. <laughs> <laughs> Strong gay dad energy from you today, Tim Little. Dita Brummer. That's Yeah, whatever happened to him disappeared. I don't know. He was kind of one of those, I mean, when you're looking at, like, Home and Away versus Neighbours. Yes. Home and Away doesn't have the kind of like illustrious kind of move on career into Hollywood like Neighbours Correct. does. There's lots of people that have kind of made of Neighbours that yeah. have done really well on like a global scale. Whereas, And there's a few from Home and Away, but not as many. So Elisa Clark, Eliza Clark, sorry, mm. was on Neighbours before she went into The 100. Oh, which I yeah. still haven't finished. I started like four episodes of the first season. Keep going. And I just, yeah, it's one of those things that I parked it to do something else. Yeah, I can't remember what was going, going on. Um, but yeah, I need to sit down and, and revisit it. Um, mm. The other thing that I've been doing in isolation is uh, like re-watching stuff that I know is terrible. <laughs> like it's 
it's stuff like that I can... Dante's Cove. Have you seen Dante's <laughs> no, no, Cove? No, no, not that bad. No, no, not, we're, not, we're not going that bad. But like, um, what was I watching? I just rewatched the um, the Divergent film series. Oh, yes. Which I was like, this is absolute trash. That lost trash. me. That lost me. This is absolute totally. trash. I know I've seen it. I know it's terrible. So A, I know what I'm getting when I get into it. And B, I can completely be distracted watching it. <laughs> and I can just completely zone out um especially the last one which i just rewatched. they like mm. slash the budget and there's all this like terrible like zoom energy green screening oh, where there's like no. a main character standing in front of like war-torn post-apocalyptic environment in the background and you're and like you that is tell. a green i can see the green line around your head like it's so bad it's oh, so, so wow. bad anyway that's that's right <laughs> um so yeah dieta brummer for you yes you're like young i'm trying to think earlier queer. than that there was Chris O'Donnell's probably movies. the first I remember. Brad really? Pitt, maybe? Oh, in um, Thelma and Louise. Yeah. When he was like naked with the cowboy hat mm. over his bits. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that did things. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that did things to me. Um, I think and that, I was really into Queer as Folk. So yeah, was I was mostly because little... there was a lot of nudity. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, a girlfriend of mine... Um, her mother used. To, her mother is Greek. Mm. She used to watch it with her. And they would comment on all of the sex scenes, but she was secretly loving it because just for the sex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she was into it. I never found the storylines terribly motivating on Queer as Folk except for – I mean, there was the one where Justin um, – he gets assaulted or he's he in got, a car crash? He got assaulted. That's right. He um, got and beat he up. draws and so he, like, had difficulty mm. in um, in recovering and being able to do that again. That but was Emmett's one was interesting. He met this older George guy, yeah. guy and he was kind of a sugar daddy type, mm. but then their but they relationship. They were very much in love. Yeah. yeah. That was very sweet. And then they had sex on the plane and George had a heart attack Oh, and that's died. right. I remember that. That was um, awful. Yeah. Um, Emmett so never sad. really, apart from that storyline, he never really got, he was kind of the shit kicker of the show. Like he yeah. was kind of the jack that yeah. from Will and Grace. Like he was just kind of background supporting player. Um, mm. The only other story strong story line that I like remember and remembered really liking was um Hal Sparks character Michael when he gets is he Michael? Michael. No, his partner is Michael. Wait, which one's Michael? Hal Sparks is Michael. Is Michael and then his partner is Ben. ben. Um he was the HIV positive yes. one. Yeah, yeah, I remember that being my like formative understanding of what a queer relationship that Cyril Discordant was right. like. Um and so I very much enjoyed uh Learning about that because that I mean, Queer as Folk was when what was what two thousand, so I was like, and it was pre prep, so oh yeah, well pre prep, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was very um, interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, and so we, at that stage, we're only kind of four years into highly active antiretroviral therapy that was super effective, so Indeed. we were only just on that cusp of really understanding. Obviously, that undetectable leak was untransmittable because we had highly effective um, antiretroviral treatment, um, so we were kind of still navigating the waters. Like people were still passing away people yeah. still pass away in the u.s from um aids defining illnesses because people have lack of access to treatment but that's another story um but yeah it was my real formative thing of being like oh this is a loving relationship between an hiv positive person and an hiv negative person yeah um because there was a lot of um especially at that time there was a lot of serosorting going on neg neg guys for neg only kind of thing hiv positive people not wanting the stress and anxiety of potentially passing on the virus so partnering up with another positive person so yeah i really 
I loved that relationship where they had to navigate that and, yeah. and support each other. Very re- relatable. And there was also a safe sex message in the mm. show. And yep. I think they had a very important role to carry that, mm. particularly around the character of Brian. There were numerous times where mm. he could have sex with whoever he wanted. Mm. And a few people said, uh, do you want to go bareback? Yeah. And he's like, no, no condom. <laughs> Put your condom on. Yeah. Responsible slutting. Yes. Love it. Um, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see what, because going back and watching that now, which is something I want to do again, like very soon, it's very like of a time and it Indeed. paints a very particular picture of a very small group of like the white muscle gays kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there's not really any characters of colour. There's like token lesbianism. There's not really a lot of... Um, trans and gender diverse storyline going on. I think there's a lot more breadth of conversation that we could have on a show called Queer as Folk if you were to do it now. There was a rumour that they were going to redo it. I, I know they say there was the token word. lesbianism because the characters uh, well, of Lindsay yeah. and, um, mm. and her partner, the lawyer... Yeah, they, they were that good characters. They were, yeah, yeah, they were well-developed characters, but they were always supporting. They weren't mm. really main cast. Yeah, they kind correct. of ebbed and flowed in and out, but they weren't really... Focal points. Yeah. In, initially, they their storyline was that Brian was giving them sperm to have the, have the baby. So they were kind of involved because of the of him of the gay male of the relationship. Um, yeah. Even though it was their story and their child, they were they were having together. So I would love to see that kind of redone now and see what that kind of would look like, especially and with like all the amazing queer content that's on TV. Remember, yeah. like it wasn't even that long ago. Remember we had, when we had to like ship. Um, Blaine and Kurt on Glee because the bird died. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that, even like what was that? Twenty ten. Like that was the queer content we had. I remember the first <laughs> gay kiss on Dawson's Creek, Michael. So I'm That's a huge right, fan yeah. of Dawson's Creek. Mm, I have it mm-hmm. all on DVD. Oh my god! Yes, not Laserdisc. <laughs> not Laserdisc on DVD. Not Blu-ray. Oh, DVD. Th- that I would like to revisit again. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes, I do love. Um, what is it? Cape Side. Cape Side with Joey. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cape Side with Joey. Um, yeah, Michelle Williams, in my in my opinion, can do no wrong. She oh, was, she's great. She was she? always my like. You know, when there's like an ensemble cast, and you're like, "That's the one." You're yeah. like, "That one for me." Everyone yeah. was like, mm, "Katie, Katie Holmes, and this and that." And I was like, "No, Michelle Williams." Like, but did Michelle you Williams. notice that Katie Holmes spoke out of the side of her face? Yeah, until she started doing movies, mm, and mm-hmm. then someone's obviously coached her. Yeah, I th- I noticed that too because I had a friend that I went to school with, and she used to do. Um, something really similar. So I was yeah. like, oh, that's, yeah, I, I, I know, like it wasn't a problem for me because I was like, I know my friend does that as well. Like she yeah. just had this, it wasn't really an affectation, but it was just, a, I don't know, a de- de- developmental thing. Mm. I can't even talk properly. Yeah, um, it was very interesting. But yeah, I was rewatching the Batman series, again, because trash. Mm. Um, not the Batman series. We've been talking about the Christian Bale series and they had Katie Holmes in um, the, f- the, the first one. Oh, yeah. yes. Katie Holmes seen in the first yes. one, and then they recast her with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Because yeah. Katie Holmes wanted to go off and, like, break out and do some other film that, like, completely bombed the box office. Hilarious. But um, you know who I love? Joshua Jackson. Oh, I yeah. love how he was in Cruel Intentions. Mm, <laughs> he played I, the gay guy with the blonde hair. Yeah, lots of people have problems with his character because it's so, like... It's, it's a little bit homophobic. A, like, it's such a, like, an affected kind of gay yeah. character. Um, but there's... There's there's a level of authenticity to his queerness in that that I'm like I totally believe what you're selling me yeah um so I I never hated it yeah I um, loved it I thought it was good and he was very like he was kind of the like Samantha I guess of that yeah. film in that he was just like uh, unabashedly 
yeah. sexualized, which I really yeah. loved. Um, but obviously there's been a lot of that kind of storytelling in queer I loved TV. his line. He said something like, oh, he's, he's as dumb as a, a bedpost, but he sucks like a hoover. Sucks like a hoover. <laughs> 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 oh, good times. Yeah, I good remember times. that. Mm-hmm. That that movie, Cruel Intentions, was so in your face for its time. Yeah. And I remember going to the movies and going, Oh, that's really vulgar, but mm. I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one thing to say on Cruel Intentions. Christine Baranski. Oh, yes. She's so good. She's so good in that film. Um, She's as- like, don't give me any of that racist crap. I voted for Colin Powell. <laughs> oh, She's so good. Yeah. Oh. Christine Baranski said gay rights in that film, yeah, un- un- awesome. undoubtedly. Um, yeah, so what, um, what we've gone kind of the long way around to talk about was that I think it would be really fun for us in some form of like sextras format to kind of pick a, pick a film that has like a queer like a queer energy or it has like very unabashed gay sex, like a Broke, Brokeback Mountain. We can kind of Let's unpick that like a little a bit. Let's do like a book club but with... One of those films. Dick Club. Dick Club. Dick Club. Wow. I love it. I Actually, love no, it. let's not do that because that's, that's pretty like trans exclusionary. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can we can make like gay movie club. Kind yeah, of thing. I let's think that would do be really it. fun. Um, so something that has like outward gay sex in it would be yeah. fun. But then also things like um, like I'm a big horror fan, so something like a um, like a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two. Where it's um, I need to rewatch this because it it just didn't hit me at the time, girl. He's like in a jock strap getting whipped in the shower. They go to like the teacher goes to like a gay leather bar. Oh really? It's super okay, gay. I, okay, I need to the, watch um, it. The um the actor that um that plays um it's Jesse, isn't it? Yeah, Jesse. Yeah. The actor that plays Jesse is queer, wasn't I think out at the time, but the director specifically picked him and was like, I want queer energy from this character. Like I want wow. this character to be coded as gay. Freddie literally like bursts through his chest yeah. and literally like comes out of him like it's not subtle at right all. okay we need to watch this yes yeah. um yeah. and also like jeepers creepers too i don't know what it is with the gay sequels um but there's i do the love jeepers creepers the mm. third one was apparently completely crap yeah and also incredibly again problematic because the um the director of the film whose name escapes me at the moment was um uh embroiled in a um Sexual assault and I think pedophilia. Oh wow! Ring, I okay. think um, he was involved in something that was very, very untoward. Mm. Um, and I think in it was it in the second, the, either the second film or the third film. There's a storyline of like child sexual abuse. Like it's not like big, but there's like right. uh, something that alludes to it. I don't think in the second one. Definitely not. No, it's I like think it must be in the, the school one. bus. Yeah. But this happened in like the mid eighties, I think. Right. The, the kind of the, the case against him. Um, yeah. And then this film was obviously relatively recent and people yeah. were like, girl, like read the room. Like, should you, <laughs> wow. should you be having a child sexual abuse storyline if you're. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, we won't yeah, there's lots that. of, there's lots of things to like dissect, especially that era where it was like, oh, well we won't say it's explicitly gay, but we'll kind of like make it gay. Yeah. Yeah. In the nineties, there was lots of stuff like that. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, two queer characters that I love from, um, Films that are again completely like vapid stereotypes of of gay men, but the authenticity is absolutely there. Is um, best in show? Oh, I haven't seen this. We need to rewatch. Is that best Molly in show Ringwald movie? No. Uh, no, no, no. It's no. um um Christopher Guest film with um Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, obviously from Shit's Creek together. Um, mm. has Parker Posey. Um, was the name that was escaping me. Ah. Um, with um, Michael McKeon and uh, John Michael Higgins play yes. these like 
they like go away together to the like dog show and they bring like 14 different kimonos. Like they're those gays. Right. Like middle-aged slash older gays that mince around in kimonos and stuff. But it's just, it's so well crafted. Yes. Um, and just so well delivered. And the entire film is like ad lib. There was like a six, 16 page like draft of, okay, this is where we want to go with the film. Go for it. And so everyone's just completely ad-libbing and making stuff up as they go along. Oh, it's wow. amazing. Um, uh, earlier, Jane Lynch with, again, strong lesbian energy, which is yeah. great. Um, yeah, it's it's immensely homosexual. Awesome. <laughs> it's so queer. <laughs> um, well, with that in mind, we should uh, wrap up for this week. Indeed. Um, and we will be uh, joined live on the air by Owen again this week, who is not here because he unfortunately has to work this week. Um, so we'll be back, 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 back again on the air Wednesday evening at 10pm on Joy 94.9 and, of course, available via joy.org.au forward slash hide and seek for not just sextras but our main episodes as well. Come and join so, us. Come and join us. Um, literally, come and join us. <laughs> See you next week, Tim. See ya. Do you want more? Yes! Yes! Oh! Yes! 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 Oh! 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 Catch all the Hide and Seek episodes on podcast at joy.org.au slash hide and seek. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.